Hey there. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Schnart. Today's guest is Josh Longstaff, head coach of the Erie Bayhawks. We talk about Erie, his very busy summer, as well as a few of his stops along his coaching career. We're catching you after practice, if I understand correctly, right? Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your busy summer here? Yeah, no, it's it's been really busy, uh, but busy in a good way. Um, I spent some time down in Atlanta, uh, maybe a little over a month, just helping them with uh, prepare for the draft with their draft workout. And it was great seeing a bunch of different guys and talent come through the gym. And um, obviously they had, you know, numerous picks this year. Um, so we got to see the high level guys, maybe the second round guys and, uh, it's just, it was a great experience. So, uh, and, you know, oh, now, <laughs> oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, you know, without, uh, if we were to skip over the Hawks people and without necessarily hopefully tampering, I don't think it's against the rules. Can you, can you cite name a couple of people who just kind of caught your eye people to watch for as rookies this season? Yeah. I mean, well, the guy they drafted Trey young was one for sure. Okay. I mean, uh, he came in, he was fantastic in his workout with us and, um, just a great guy, hard worker. Um, and you know, he's definitely one of the guys that stuck out and, and there was a few other guys like Mo Bamba and Jared Jackson, um, that we had in and Marvin Bagley were really good players. Um, and then, you know, we had some, some guys that maybe were late first round, second round guys that impressed, uh, Kevin Herter who they drafted, um, you know, with their second pick, right. really, really good player, great shooter. And, um, you know, they just, I mean, there were numerous, numerous guys. I'm sure I would forget some names, but it was just pretty, pretty interesting to, to kind of see the different talent. Okay. And so you, right now you're with the national team and this is to prepare for, is it next year's world championships to qualify? Yeah. So it's, um, to qualify correct so we're in houston training camp uh for usa basketball and um you know coach van gundy this is the third window that he's coached in for this and um you know we're here in houston for six days before we go to mexico city to play a game and then to havana cuba uh to play a second game and so somewhere in there you're also going to do is you're going to do utah and las vegas and get married to is is this this i'm not sure how this all fits <laughs> yeah let's well, uh you know not necessarily in that order obviously getting married is the most important one uh, <laughs> but but yeah so so from cuba i will go uh most likely go to utah and meet the team the hawks there um you know they're gonna be already kind of in the thick of it so Okay. I'm not sure in what capacity, but I I will be there. And then um, also in Vegas for summer league with the Hawks. Um, you know, I plan on joining them there and help wherever I can and contribute. And then from there, uh, go and get married, honeymoon, all that stuff. So busy <laughs> summer, but but very exciting. Okay. So as writers, they tell us not to bury the lead. And so I have to ask you very early on here, uh, is it true that Russell Westbrook broke your finger? Uh, not many people know that one but uh yeah so uh my pinky finger way way back um and i you know i tried to play it off like um you know nothing had happened 
but I'll tell you what, it hurt. And he is <laughs> as, as physical as they come. And um, so, but yeah, he did. I had to wear like this little splint on my pinky for a, like two months. I, it was a bad look, but I tried to hide it as, as best I could. <laughs> All right. So, so to, to back up a little bit and, and get the full uh, story of your career here. So you, you, you grew up in Maine and you played high school basketball in Maine. You went to Bryant College. Is that Rhode Island? Yes. Yep. Okay. And then you're an assistant coach and a head coach in Maine until about 2010? Correct. Okay. So somewhere in there, in a short period of time, you went from being a high school coach in Maine to working for Oklahoma City? How, how did that all come about? So, uh, yeah, I, and I really enjoyed being a high school coach. I was in sales also at the time. And, um, you know, I, I went down to Oklahoma City. Uh, a guy named Brian Keith was an assistant coach for them, and he was an assistant coach at Bryant when I was playing there. Okay. Um, and we had built a relationship, kept in touch, and uh, I was a walk-on at Bryant, and I used to get up early and work out in the mornings, uh, like at 5 a.m. And, you know, even though I was a walkout, he would come in and work me out, rebound for me. And we kind of just built this relationship. And I was going down to visit him just to try to learn as much as I could to bring back to my high school team. And I got to meet uh, Sam Presti and Scott Brooks and a couple other people um, from the Thunder. And, a year later, I was uh, you know, at my desk doing my sales job, and I got an email from somebody from Oklahoma City and asked if I was interested in working there. Didn't tell me what the job was or anything, and I went down for a three-day interview and was lucky enough to uh, get the job, and I sold my house, quit my job, and I just drove down to Oklahoma City and, and started from there. Okay, so you were working as a, sort of a video person to start, but then you were also an assistant coach, but you were an assistant coach that didn't travel. Is, is that fair to say? Well, it was more like I was a, a video analyst was my title, so okay. just kind of watching a ton of film on around the league on different teams and helping coaches with their scouting for – uh, the opponent and it just was a really good way for me to learn the league okay. very quickly. Um, and I kind of progressed into like a player development role as well. Okay. So I was still doing video, but I was on the floor working with players and assisting some of the assistant coaches and, um, then, you know, got involved with summer league and they do a really good job in Oklahoma city, um, developing their staff as well as the players. And after my fourth year, um, Derek Fisher got the Knicks job and offered me a job to be an assistant coach. And, um, you know, that was really uh, a pathway for me to transition from video and really get into coaching and really, you know, focus on, uh, kind of growing my voice and things like that as a coach. And okay. um, so that was kind of how that transition went. I, w I was looking over your background and it reminded me of a story that, that I'd like to share if you, if you have a minute. And it, it was this, uh, 
a couple of years ago, the Hawks yeah. had both. They had both Jose Calderon and Tim Hardaway Jr. on the Hawks, and there was a game where they both started, and I was like, they must have started before the Knicks, and so I looked it up, and they had started like 15 games with the Knicks together as a starting backcourt, and they hadn't won any of them. So I was like, well, they were 0-15 starting together with the Knicks and 1-0 starting with the Hawks. You know, they, they won that first game together where they both started. And like three days later, right. and I'm not thinking about this at all, but I'm standing in the hallway of Phillips Arena, and Jose Calderon is like running at me. And he's like, hey. And I look around to see who he's calling. He's like, hey, hey. And I was like, oh, crap. He's calling me. And it's like, Jose Calderon is like the nicest guy and like the teammate that everybody loves, but it's still an NBA player running at you. And he's like, hey, I wanted yeah. to ask you a question. He's like, did you write that tweet about us winning a, as a backcourt for the first time? He's like, I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, me and Tim like that. That was funny. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Jose right there. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and he yeah, was, he's the best, he the was best. beloved here. But so a year later, the, the Knicks drafted Kristaps. And so did you work with him at all when you were an assistant or a player development assistant there? Yeah, yeah, I was I was an assistant um, that you know really my main job was to to kind of run the player development program, okay. um, but you know I also had the roles of an assistant coach to you know run drills and practice and do scouts and I was fortunate uh, with the Knicks they let me do a lot of things there um, and yeah Kristaps was one of the guys uh, that I worked with and um, you know he's tremendous person tremendous worker uh, and obviously very talented so that was uh it was a lot of fun working with him so what you you mean you worked with these ridiculously talented people when they're really young i mean when you're looking at video of of james harden and russell westbrook and kevin durant all on the court at the same time i mean is they might they that those might be three mvps a week from now if if harden wins i mean did do you see all that potential in that point? Well, it's like, you know, the best thing about the three of those guys that they all share in common is every day in the gym, they brought the mentality and the attitude that they just wanted to get better every single day. So that one day was the most important day to them, whether we had practice or a game shoot around, it didn't matter what it was. And, um, that was when you really knew, like, obviously the talent shows, but that they were special um, as far as their, you know, their games, they were going to take their games to like an all-star level because they put in the time, the work, they had really, really great professional habits. And, um, you know, I, I think it all starts from there, to be honest, all of these guys are really good. They're talented. And there's so many that don't reach their potential because they don't have that mentality um, to just lock in on one day at a time and try to improve. And that's something that by watching them that I really learned that I tried to pass along to guys like Chris Stapps and some of the other younger guys in New York, like Langston Galloway, um, you know, Ron Baker and, you know, Billy Hernan Gomez and those type of guys that, you know, it's, Coaching to me is like if you can teach these guys and, and direct them towards one path, once they start walking down that path themselves, like they need you, but 
they really don't need you much anymore. Okay. So after New York, uh, you get the job with, with Erie. Uh, I don't know if we should start with the professional side or the personal side. So did you know your fiance before you went to Erie? I did. Yeah, we met in New York. Um, did she go to Erie? How did she feel she, about Erie? She did go, and she she's did? like, she's in theater, and okay. yeah, she does like little acting and you know modeling and stuff like that. So she she lived in New York for a while. Um, okay. She did move to Erie with me, and she would go back and forth a little bit from Erie to New York to work. Um, but yeah, no, she, she was jumped right in the, uh, you know, right in it with me and moved there and was extremely supportive. And, um, especially when I was gone and traveling with the team, I, there's not much to do there, uh, especially <laughs> under a foot of snow. So, oh. you know, I give her all, all the credit in the world. So, and then when you get an Erie, it's a blank slate, right? So Malik's the general manager. You arrive, and at that point, it's just, you know, the, I guess the previous team had pretty much gone to, was it Lakeland? And so you've got to, yeah, is it yeah, right that you kind of got to put a staff, to, you know, put a coaching staff together and put a roster together and kind of put it all together, just starting with a really blank slate? Yeah, so uh, that's exactly how it was. And what was really uh, great about the whole situation and what was attractive for me um, when I was interviewing for the job was that the Hawks really, really cared about this. Like they really wanted to use this team to help develop their younger players and to also develop guys that were on our roster to potentially get called up to the Hawks. Um, so, you know, I was in Atlanta for two months to learn uh, coach Budenholzer's system um, and learn how to teach it and kind of just see how the everyday culture in Atlanta, uh, was formed and operated. And, you know, we did everything together, Malik, um, myself, you know, hired the staff and, um, you know, that's the coaching staff, the medical staff, the strength coach, the interns, everybody. And it was really a young staff and, uh, but they all believed in the same type of stuff, you know, that we commit to trying to get the players better every day, trying to get ourselves better every day. Um, there's a lot of humility and selflessness in, in the people that they hired. And, you know, then Malik um, and his staff did a really good job picking the players. I was somewhat involved, but to be honest, it was, you know, there was a lot of collaboration between the Hawks, Malik, myself, on these are the type of people we want, the type of players we want. This is how we play. This is where they're going to fit in. And then once it all came together, um, it was just our job to try to help these guys improve every day and try to bring some joy to coming to work every day and um, ended up being a pretty successful season. One of the things about coaching a G League team and it's taken like the full 12 months for me to switch that letter from D to G. But, uh, yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> is you get to go, you get to go play Maine, right? You get to go back yeah, to your home twice. state. And so, was there anything special that happened on those two trips? 
I mean, yeah, that was it was really special for me because the the gym that they play in was the same gym I played my high school games in. Oh wow! Um, and you know, family, friends, a lot of family and friends were there, um, and it was just kind of seeing it go full circle. Um, you know, being a kid in the stands watching the high school team play and then playing for the high school and then now coaching there. It was just, um, it was a really, really cool experience. I, I never wanted to make it about me. So I just tried to treat it as another game, but you could see it. Our players played a little bit harder, uh, which was really cool to see. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Okay. I've tried to do my homework, but I realized I didn't look up whether or not you won those two games or not. We did not. No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. We we, uh, we beat them later in the year at home, but uh, we lost Austin both. And and I'm not really sure how it works. Do you have to like? I think for an NBA game, you would typically kind of set you know get a connection to sort of set aside some tickets. Did you have to like set aside a certain number of tickets for family there? Yeah, and and the the main Red Claws, their team, were really good to me. Like, they gave us some extra tickets. Um, and I had, you know, some of the players give me their tickets. And, you know, I would never ask them for that, but they just did it. Um, so I there were wow. plenty, plenty to go around. Uh, so that was really cool. If I may, I want to play a clip from the other Josh, your point guard, Josh Majette, from a few months ago, talking about, running the offense in Erie versus running it in Atlanta. When you compare like what the team does in Erie and what they do here, is it 100% the same? Do there there tweaks to it? Uh, I'd say it's probably 90. Okay. Um, and it's a lot a lot of the same, you know, a lot of the same terminology and the stuff we run and the defensive principles. Um, and then, you know, depending on our team makeup and up there and down here is a little different. So we have a few kind of tweaks that we make up there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a whole lot the same. More kind of synergy back and forth than what I've been a part of in the G League in the past. Is there can you put your pinpoint any one thing that that stands out to you as being a little bit different? Um, we have some certain, I guess, uh, fourth quarter like not like sets, but like plays that we like to run in the fourth quarter up there that are a little different than you know the standard stuff that we run down here. So it's kind of just some added things on that I think maybe uh, Coach Longstaff up there likes to run that's a little different than maybe what uh, Bud wants to run. There was a game like four years ago and I asked Bud, I was like, they're playing like four left-handed people at the same time. Do you do anything differently? He's like, no. But just for you, you're a left-handed point guard. Is, right. it, is the motion ever sort of flip-flop so that you can go to your strong side? I mean, is that something yeah. that happens? No, that's, that's one of the differences between here and there. Like a lot of the stuff we run up there is you know, it's geared to get me to my left hand. Okay. Um, and the stuff down here is mostly geared for, usually for Dennis or Malcolm or Isaiah to get to their right hand because, you know, that's their stronger hand. Uh, so some of the sets are kind of flip-flopped up there, and I have to kind of, you know, <laughs> reverse in my brain, like, okay. which way the plays are run and, you know, how I'm going to get to them what's ever comfortable for me. Do you ever have, like, a right-handed role man saying, oh, this is great, I get to kind of go to my strong side? Um... No, we got no. some pretty athletic pigs okay. up, up in Erie, though, so they make it easy for me. Okay. Um, I asked Josh Majette a little a little bit about this during the season, but when you 
if you were to sort of take, I, I don't know if it would be a literal or a figurative playbook for the Bayhawks and lay it side by side with what the Atlanta Hawks do, how closely would those two mirror each other? It's almost exactly the same. Um, the the like meat and potatoes of it, I guess you could say, were exactly the same. Okay. Um, you know, Coach Budenholzer let me run like my own timeout plays, my own end of game plays, um, some different special situation type plays. But our philosophy and the majority of our offensive actions and defensive terminology was exactly the same so that when we had players come back and forth, whether it was two-way players like Josh um, or, you know, assignment guys like Tyler Dorsey, young player that needed some minutes or Isaiah Taylor or, you know, injury rehab type assignments like Miles Plumley played for us and Mike Muscala, uh, DeAndre Bembry a little bit. It was, they come to practice. Everything was exactly the same. They could step right in and get right to work and feel comfortable. And um, that's credit to the Hawks really for, for making sure that that that's the way it went. And sort of along the same lines, I mean, Josh is a lefty. Does that sort of invert it to the mirror image or is, is it pretty much the same, whether it's a lefty, left-handed or right-handed point guard running the offense? Yeah, it was pretty much the same. Um, you know, Josh was good enough where he could, you know, dribble with both hands pretty well. And, uh, you know, once in a while, and if I was going over a play and shoot around or whatever, he might whisper to me like, hey, can we run that to my left side? <laughs> um, but, you know, he was so good that it really didn't matter uh, either way. Does that – do, do right, do, have you ever asked like a big man, let's say a right-handed big man, which one he prefers? Does he, do, do they have a preference to which side? Have you ever experienced anything like that? I don't know if that's a preference or not. Yeah, like um, Kendrick Perkins, I, I coached in Oklahoma City, liked posting up on the left block more than the right block. And, you know, those are things that, the head coach is savvy enough to ask and to know. Um, so the plays we would run for him to post up around a certain side or towards the end of the game, um, you know, when we had sets for Kevin Durant, it was like, you know, which side do you like, or which way do you like coming off a pin down screen to catch and shoot? And those types of things are definitely important. Um, and you kind of learn them as you go along by being around these guys. But uh, yeah, no, that's something you definitely have to take into account. So is your long-term goal to be an NBA head coach? And if, if so, how does the track to trying to get there from being a G League head coach position differ from trying to get there from being an NBA assistant? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would love to. Um, I really enjoyed it this year, being the head coach and the challenge of it and, um, you know, just the everyday, um, you know, kind of tasks of managing a staff and a team. I really loved it. I would love to do it. I think that now that I've done it, um, maybe I'm looked at instead of just like a guy that can develop players or likes to develop players. Now 
I maybe looked at as, okay, he's coached his own team before. Um, and now, you know, eventually when I do go back to being an NBA assistant, you can feel, you know, what the head coach is feeling a little more on a day to day. You can bring a little more value to a head coach knowing, you know, thinking a certain way in game situations. Um, but honestly, it goes back to what I learned from the players and, and the staff in Oklahoma city. When I first started that you just take it one day at a time and whatever job you're doing, do it the best you can and try to be the, you know, get better at it every single day. Then, you know, hopefully someday I'll look up and, and I'll be the head coach of an NBA team. So you went to Latvia last summer, is that correct? Was was that sort of uh, as two, a two summers ago? Oh, yeah. two summers ago. I'm sorry. Was that yeah. sort of as yeah. a as a liaison from the Knicks, or were you like a, an official, like an assistant coach on the Latvia national team? No, I think that was a little confusion. I'm not sure where that ever came from, but no, I was uh, with the Knicks still. Um, they were transitioning to Jeff Hornacek becoming the head coach. Okay, and I was in Latvia. Um, Chris Stapps had his first camp that he was having um, in Latvia and I was representing the Knicks and I was a, a coach for the camp and you know there was morning session and then I would work out Chris Stapps in the afternoon and then we'd have a night session where the campers would come back in and uh, it was a really cool experience just to to kind of see um, how he operated back in his you know, hometown, home country where he grew up, get to know his family. Um, and after that trip, the relationship between he and I just totally changed, um, you know, kind of really getting to know his family uh, and himself a little more. I was able to coach him differently, coach him a little bit harder. Um, and knowing that there was a, a respect there, that the relationship was just much stronger. And that's something I'll take with me. Uh, you know, wherever I am going forward, that you know, building relationships is really the number one thing. Can you can you share any good uh, Malik Rose stories? Malik won, I want to say he won the G League Executive of the Year this past season. You know, he was pretty successful in, in putting together that roster for you, and you guys got deep into the into the playoffs. But uh, and any any stories from inside the inside the arena that you can share about Malik? I mean, I, from my side, I I was not expecting to see him around as Atlanta as much as we saw him. I don't know how many miles he must have racked up going back and forth. Oh, it was, I mean, I can't even imagine either because <laughs> it was – he was at – we played 50 games. He right. was at the majority of them. Um, home, road, it didn't matter. Um, and, you know, there were many times where we would play one night in Erie and the Hawks would play the next night, and I'd be sitting at home watching on League Pass the Hawks game, and I see him there, and it's like it's unbelievable how much he cared for the staff, the players, how well he wanted us all to do was just unbelievable. Um, and you know, I think that this story has been told before, but our first home game, we came in, and it's a quick transition from an eerie like at the arena, the hockey team is playing there and the baseball team gets done. And then we move into the locker room and we like play a game like a week later. So we got in there about to play our first home game 
and um, the cleaning crew was kind of, you know, they're all over the place and they're trying to clean the entire arena and the locker room was clean, but um, they hadn't really got to us yet. And Malik shows up for the first game. Uh, he shows up to shoot around and hang around at the arena and kind of um, game prepping with the other assistant coaches. And he comes in with all these cleaning supplies and rubber gloves, like all this soap and like toilet plunger, like everything. And he just, for like two hours is cleaning the entire locker room. He's vacuuming, he's scrubbing the showers, um, the toilets, and he's dripping sweat with like his headphones on. And where, you know, everyone asked him multiple times, like, Hey, we can help you do that. He's like, no, no, like, it's great. You guys go to work. And it's just that, that moment to me, was like exactly who he is. He's just so selfless and like anything that he feels will help the players like perform at their highest level. Like he wanted them to walk into a really clean environment. Like he would do it. That's amazing. Well, I know that I've only got you for a half an hour, so I just wanted to, uh, thank you very much for your time. And, uh, maybe we could do this again sometime. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, Kevin, it's a pleasure. And, uh, I really, really, uh, appreciate the, the call and the conversation and anytime. All right. Good luck this season. Have a have a, a great wedding and, and a successful season with Erie coming up. All right. Appreciate it, Kevin. Have a great rest of the summer. Thanks.